Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With money and haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Bigs talks football with you. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Big Zay! Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, Brad. First, let's start with a happy new year to you. And uh, I thought it would be a good year to to watch the Bears. I thought 23, everything was changing. But uh, it was a continuation of the 2022 season. And frankly, that was the worst loss they've suffered. And that was going on the road. It was a playoff atmosphere. It was a team that wanted to uh, – had to win the game – and bounced back from being crushed the week before. And, man, were the Bears bad in that game. Just awful. Yeah, you know, they they had a nice opening scoring drive, and we've seen that happen consistently for the Bears this season. Uh, they then get the field goal on the second possession, and, uh, and, and then the trap door. Uh, opened up and the Bears fell right through it. You know, typically in an NFL game, there's some ebb and flow. You know, a team will make, make a big run, kind of be stopped a little bit. The other team will battle back some. There, there was no battle back from the Bears uh, Sunday in Detroit. They, they just got uh, pummeled after after the scoring the ten points there. 504 yards the Lions gained, Brad. It reminded me of the Eagles against the Bears way back in 2013, I believe it was. And so there was, you know, there was little effort and it was a lot of embarrassment. And I just wonder, as much as you've been around this team the past couple decades, how low of a watermark was this? Was this the most embarrassing effort you've seen? How does it compare to others that unfortunately are, are fresh in your memory? Yeah, I, you know, I the in in that Eagles game is sort of the benchmark for um, pathetic uh, Bears showings and ineptitude, and it's magnified because you know that team, believe it or not, had a shot at the postseason and went out there and just got dismantled by uh, Chip Kelly and the boys uh, in in Philadelphia. So this isn't anything like that, right? The Bears didn't have postseason aspirations to play for at Detroit, but it's still, you, you know, like who, where are the young players that are being developed? Like who can you prop up and say, Hey, late in the season here, you know, we like a little bit of this. And, and that's the problem with yesterday's game. You understand losses. They've accumulated at a rapid rate. They've been playing ball for 103 years. They're, now in their longest losing streak ever of nine in a row. Some believe this was part of the plan. They stripped down the roster. Listen, they didn't plan to be this bad. I I think probably the goal would have been going out there. You you have some guys that you identify along the way that can really help you out moving forward. You win five or six games. Like they, they are devoid 
of difference makers right now, and that's what's really problematic about a game like yesterday. The coaches are going to have to work overtime to scrub the game film and say, well, we, we got a little bit of this from these guys, and, and we feel good about that effort. There's just it, It's really difficult. Yeah, I, you know, I think part of the problem, Brad, is that there is very little to hang your hat on. You know, I, the, the Justin Fields evaluation, if you will, the field season and the way that he's kind of grown as a player and, and become this great weapon in the running game, that is the only thing that you can kind of rely on with this team. And I think that that has changed. You know, when, when he has a, a bad passing game, when you get nothing done on offense after uh, the first quarter, I was surprised at the level of, um, of kind of peevishness, if you will, from the fan base on the postgame show. There, there were a lot of people that, that, for the first time, I mean, during the season it was like, well, at least Justin Fields played well. And now after that game, it was like, oh, my God, there's nothing here. Well, it's that time of year. Yeah, and, and the passing game has been a, a massive struggle all year. And you feel like when you've written it, like, hey, it was a better passing game, there, there's always been an element of like, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch here, right? Like the, the bar is – is uh, to, the bar to clear for the Bears is like at ankle level here, right, for their passing game. You know, you just kind of step over it and move forward. And, and yet it was awful yesterday, and it's all 11, okay? It's all 11. None of them uh, playing well enough. And so you, you get a disaster against a terrible Lions yeah. defense, guys. That yeah. That's what you can't overlook here is this is – the worst passing offense in the National Football League getting completely dominated by a horrendous Lions defense. Like, that's what you can't get over here is this is bad against bad, and Detroit's right. bad just kicked the daylights uh, out of the Bears' bad. All right, Brad, so what did you make of the Chase Claypool incident, and why is he harder to cover in the locker room than he is in the secondary? Well, he's hard to cover in the locker room because the Bears make uh, injured players off limits to media. So the last couple weeks, he really hasn't been uh, available. Uh, And what what was one of the things that was said about him coming out of Pittsburgh was maturity issues, was, you know, he's into social media. Uh, things of that nature. So uh, when you see what happened on the sideline yesterday in the game and you see him as one of the very first guys exiting the locker room uh, post-game, um, yeah, I, I don't think you can be surprised. Uh, you should probably be surprised by the complete lack of production he's had when he's been on the field. He did have 19 snaps in the game yesterday. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a heater uh, since trading Chase Claypool for a draft pick that just keeps getting better and better uh, for that organization. Um, I believe Pittsburgh is now 6-2 since uh, dealing Claypool to the Bears. Uh, of course, the Bears haven't uh, won a game. Uh, it, you know, One guy, people I talked to at the time of the trade liked it for the Bears. One guy pointed out that the Bears have paid a new car price for a used car, which I think was fair. And then another guy, 
know, he had some skepticism because he's like, listen, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers right. make, um, you know, smart decisions, and they've done so for a long time. Like, it's the most maybe common sense organization that there is. And so you see the Steelers make this move. You kind of go, hmm. Uh, but the Bears were in desperate need, uh, unfortunately. They're still in desperate need. One other point about Claypool. Uh, the Bears were 32nd in the league in passing when they made the trade. Uh, they're still 32nd. Pittsburgh, this is entering this weekend, guys. Pittsburgh was 24th in the league uh, at the time of the deal. Uh, and the Steelers entered this week 24th. So that trade did not move the needle uh, in the passing game for either organization. This segment with Brad Biggs is brought to you by global biotech company Horizon Therapeutics, where science and compassion work together to transform lives. And, Brad, you know, I'm not going to defend what the guy did or anything, but it does underscore, perhaps, that he's feeling the same kind of pressure and the, it, he has an understanding that this is not working. Let's put it that way. And maybe that's, you know, I guess we never look at the way the player responds to a situation. You know, it's obvious that he didn't respond well. But I would imagine that he received a ton of love when he first got here because people thought this is going to be this missing piece and it hasn't come to fruition. And I'm sure he's hearing about it if he's hanging around social media and I don't know anyone that believes that was a win for the Bears, that trade. And um, and now he's going to be facing a one-year perform and contract stat. I just think that, you know, his fortunes have shifted quite a bit. It must be hard to see the, the uh, Steelers do well without you. And it must be difficult to understand that if you fail at two different places, and I'm, and I'm not saying that he failed in Pittsburgh because they got a lot out of him as it turned out. But you're you kind of if you're going into your third organization, that's a different type of career than the one he probably anticipated. Yeah, and I think there's frustration all the all the way around. And I thought Justin Fields did a really good job of sort of um, being a captain and handling that issue and kind of wrapping his arms around it and um, you know saying like, "Hey, I told Clay, uh, Chase." Claypool during the game that this isn't helping us you know we're all in this and and that sort of thing so if there's an upshot from the whole thing you know we learn that Fields handled the situation well he didn't seem to be uh PO'd by it and and maybe this can bring the two of them together a little bit um and hopefully help them both be more productive Next season, I'm not a guy that puts a lot of stock in the wide receivers and quarterbacks hanging out and um, playing catch in the off season. Like I don't think um, that does a whole heck of a lot for them. Uh, it doesn't make them worse, but I, I don't think it necessarily uh, lends to definite increased production in the season ahead. But hopefully. Uh, they can find a way to turn this into a positive. Brad, great research and 10 thoughts in chicagotribune.com. You point out that the team with the num number two overall pick, which the Bears currently have, have averaged six wins the following season, and that is data since 2000. You also point out that the, of the 23 teams um, that you looked at, four have reached the playoffs the next season. 
I think what you're trying to say without necessarily saying it, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is going to take more than just one off season if people are magically thinking that the $100 million in cap space and all the draft capital that is accrued is going to lead to a playoff spot in 2023. What those numbers tell me is patience will be required. Yeah, it's going to require patience. And as much or more than that, it's going to require uh, the football acumen of Ryan Poles and his staff and the coaches to, to be uh, laser sharp, right? That there, there isn't a lot of room for them to make some mistakes, especially high profile mistakes, especially mistakes involving, um, you know, a, a lot of resources, whether it be money, uh, picks or both. So it's, um, you know, it's just a long road to go because when you get to the end of the season, and you look at the roster and you say, okay, what is there for next year? What do they feel really strong about? And can you, you can use upgrades almost all over the place. The passing game is, is just um, – it's, it's so basic and, and overwhelmed in almost every situation at this point that you've got clear concerns uh, about that, I think. Yeah. I think what you're really saying is they're going to have 12 wins in 24, right? From three to six to 12. <laughs> Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take off my shoes and socks. I'll tell you how many they'll have. <laughs> Help. Yeah. Brad, Brad, just quickly, I'm, I'm wondering about the offensive line. You know, obviously you lose two offensive linemen uh, it, to start the game. It's already a battered group. And you look at what happened with Braxton Jones. I somehow feel differently about him than I did the day before. Uh, he was just steamrolled. We know he struggles with that. and uh, But it underscores there's going to be a need for a lot of competition and a, a, a need to start building uh, from the from the line back out. You know, as much as everyone wants a skilled position player, I think that you've got to concentrate on the line of scrimmage both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's too bad they don't have eight first-round draft picks to uh, address the offensive and defensive line so you could feel uh, pretty good about both of them. Braxton Jones really struggled yesterday. Uh, Jaquan Brisker had a, uh, had a poor game uh, as well, and, and you look at that, yeah. I mean, this Lions defense, guys, they were 26th in the league in sacks per pass play coming into the game. So, uh, it's, um, yeah, you're, you know, Braxton Jones – Listen, he's been better than I would have thought for a fifth-round pick this year. Uh, I wouldn't use uh, a permanent marker to write him in on the depth chart at left tackle for next year. If you can uh, identify a clear upgrade, uh, why not start with a with a left tackle as part of the building block? But uh, offensive line, front seven, you have to be able to be a hell of a lot more competitive in the trenches than they've been to have any opportunity to win consistently uh, on Sundays. Great stuff, Brad. Always fun to catch up. Appreciate you uh, getting up early and coming on with us. Thanks, Brad. Have a great day, guys. Happy New Year.